What up, what up, what up? Welcome back to the NBA Hoops at Lunch show here on the Outkick Bets podcast feed. It's your boy, Jeff Clark, and it's Thursday, February 2nd. There's only seven games in the NBA tonight, but I found three bets to make. I'll go through all of those with you here in a second. First, let's recap the Wednesday night performance, which was a third straight winning day for me this week. Uh, my weekly record is up to seven and two. Um, I'm obviously two and one in February. Um, yesterday was February first, but my podcast record is up to thirty five, thirty and one, heading in the right direction. And I'm pretty excited about my process currently. I think I'm seeing it pretty well, and I'm eager to share my bets with you guys today. Um, but before we get into that, let's recap the Wednesday slate. Again, I went 2-1 and one last night. I hit with the Portland Trailblazers plus 5.5. I did sprinkle on the money line. I'm pretty sure I told you guys to as well. Either way, though, I'm just um, grading this as an ATS win and adding that to my NBA Hoops at Lunch record. Um, we actually lost a little bit, little bit of closing line value, only slightly. Portland um, closed that. Still five and a half point underdogs, but it was minus 105. So there was a better number to be had out there, but either way, the five and a half was a winner because Portland won outright 122-112. Despite Joseph Nurkic going out in the first quarter with an injury and Jeremy Grant leaving at the end of the first half um, with a concussion, we got there because Dame Lillard was absolutely sensational he put up 42 eight rebounds 10 assists he went 15 of 16 from the free throw line and like we talked about yesterday memphis's foul troubles or or um their constant um fouling and putting opponents on the free throw line is going to bite them in the butt especially now that steven adams is out of the lineup we're actually going to handicap another grizzlies matchup tonight but um i i'm looking to fade the grizzlies until they get steven adams back um he's a much bigger deal to the grizzlies and what they do than i think most of the the general nba public is taking an account for or accounting for i guess is the better way of putting it um the next game that we bet though was an over 239 and a half in the warriors timberwolves and that was a loser we did gain closing line value when this total closed at 240.5 um, after Rudy Gobert was announced out. We did discuss and mention how Rudy Gobert is listed as questionable and how Minnesota's defense um, significantly suffers when Gobert is off the floor. So that was the reason for the, the closing line value. It's great that we got closing line value, but it doesn't really matter considering we lost the bet outright. It was looking good at the end of the first half. There was 133 points scored in the first two quarters, but only 100 scored in um, overtime and and um, the second half combined. That's <laughs> it got to overtime, and we still weren't able to to cash a winner. That's how poorly of a misread this was. Again, it was looking good initially, but it um, just ended up falling apart. Both defenses tightened up. In the second half, both offenses um, started slowing down the pace and 
taking poor jumpers. It was bad half-court execution, a lot of turnovers, but it wasn't turnovers that led to easy buckets. It was just like ugly offense. So it sucks, but I don't really have a lot of excuses to make. Again, it was trending way over the total in the first half, and game just died out. So misread by me, um, but we'll mark that off as a loss and move on. Um, I, I did again, finish two and one because I hit with my third bet, the Kings minus seven and a half. There was no closing line value to be had. It closed at seven and a half minus one ten. Sacramento won one nineteen to one Oh nine. It was very, very, very sweaty, but Sacramento pulled away at the end. And I, I say it was sweaty, but as I was watching it, I really felt like the Kings were going to, to, um, execute at the end and end up gassing San Antonio that's that's what ended up happening and I guess the big reason why Sacramento ended up covering the number is because they had um I think 12 more free throw attempts than than the Kings and and or than the Spurs and and the Kings ended up making 10 10 more free throws than the Spurs which again they won by 10 so that's a huge reason why the Kings covered. Another reason is Sabonis balled out. He put up 34 and 11 rebounds and 34 points on 75% shooting. So, two and one Wednesday. Um, again, we are seven and two this week. So, hopefully, we can continue our strong performance. And let's get into Thursday night. The Thursday night slate. Um, the first game that I'm looking at here is the total in the Grizzlies-Cavaliers game, which I'm going to give out at 223.5. I published this in my article this morning for Outkick.com. Check it out at Outkick.com backslash sports hyphen betting, and you'll see my three picks, but you're also going to hear them right now. Um, I'm gonna just going to go with the number that I bet earlier this morning it's currently 224 so there is a better price out there who knows what it closes at um i'm getting the worst of this number but i'm getting the better of another number so to me it all equals or all evens out but i like the under because again uh, i am fading the grizzlies here down the stretch especially without steven adams maybe not down the stretch but when they're without steven adams i'm going to be looking to fade the grizzlies their half-court offense is really clunky, and Steven Adams actually matters more to the Grizzlies' offense than he does their defense. The Grizzlies score 8.1 more points per 100 possessions when Adams is on the floor. Um, their offensive rebounding goes goes up by a lot when he's on the floor, so not having Adams out there hurts their rebounding, and that's especially going to be true in a game against the Cavs team that has two great, uh, not two great, but has a, has a very solid rebounding front court in Evan Mobley and, and Jared Allen. Also, the first Cavaliers-Grizzlies meeting earlier this season, um, which is actually only 15 days ago, January 18th, it went over the total. Um, the the Grizzlies beat the Cavaliers in Memphis one fifteen to one fourteen. The total was two hundred and twenty seven, um, so it just eked past the total. But that was without All Star Donovan Mitchell. Now Donovan Mitchell's, as far as I know, is is projected to be in the starting lineup, and 
So you see that this total is three and a half points lower. The, the total that I bet is three and a half points lower despite Donovan Mitchell being in the lineup. I think part of that has to do with Steven Adams, and I think part of that has to do with how their Grizzlies' offense is trending. Um, over the past two weeks, according to cleaningtheglass.com, Memphis's offensive rating is just 26 in the NBA in non-garbage time. Um, Desmond Bain also was listed as questionable to play yesterday. We had that in our analysis. Um, he's currently not on the injury report, but I wouldn't be surprised if he goes on the injury report and the Grizzlies give him the second of a back-to-back, uh, give him the second game of a back-to-back off. Um, either way, this isn't a good spot to bet an over for the Memphis. They're two and five to the under on the second of a back-to-back this season. They got a minus 7.1 over under margin in those games. Cleveland typically plays under the total when they have a rest advantage. They're five and eight to the under. When playing with a rest edge, they got a minus six point one over under margin in those games. And the Cavaliers play at the slowest pace in the NBA and they have the third best defensive rebounding rate. So that's going to help them control the pace, especially when you have Steven Adams out of the lineup and Memphis's offensive rebounding taking a hit. So no Steven Adams hurts hurts the Memphis offense and it hurts their offensive rebounding and and they don't have good enough half court offense, I think, to make up for their lack of offensive rebounding. Um, so also, I mean, the proof of that is the, the Grizzlies, according to cleaningtheglass.com, are just 23rd in points per 100 half-court plays run. Um, so with all that in mind, I'm going to take the under 223.5 in, um, in the Grizzlies-Cavaliers game. And the second game I'm going to play on my card here is I'm going to go over the 224 total in the Pelicans Mavericks, um, the Pelicans and Mavericks have went over the total in four of their last five meetings with three straight cashing over the total and two of which were this season. Doncic has been phenomenal against the Pelicans this year. He's averaging 35 and a half points per game in those two games. Uh, the Pelicans go play way more to the over as road dogs are 12 and four to the over as road dogs this season with a plus four over under margin, give or take Dallas is 16 and eight to the over as home favorites this year. Um, also both these teams, um, their offensive styles match up really well with the other team's defenses. Uh, Dallas's front court defense is really pretty weak. Um, they're actually going to be without two bigs, Christian Wood and Maxi Kleber. So there's not a lot of size in their front court. And the Pelicans take the seventh highest shot frequency at the rim. They're eighth in paint point paint points per game um, between Jonas Valanciunas and, and Brandon Ingram. And obviously Zion Williamson has a lot to do with that, but he, he won't be in this game. So we're hoping Jonas Valanciunas and, and Brandon Ingram do work on the inside. Um, because that would obviously help our over cash. On the other hand, the New Orleans Pelicans three-point defense is highly rated, but it's misleading. Um, the Pelicans are seventh in defensive wide-open three-point attempt rate allowed, and the Mavericks 
our third in offensive wide open three-point attempt rate because their opponents are always looking at Luka Doncic and that allows his um, sharpshooting role players like Tim Hardaway Jr., um, Reggie Bullock, Dorian Finney-Smith, not really Spencer Dinwiddie. He's not really that good of a shooter, but it allows them to get open, get some wide open looks. The Mavericks are shooting roughly 41% from behind the arc versus the Pelicans in their sixth game since the beginning of last season. And again, because the Pelicans give up wide open threes and they have such a tough time with Luka, I think the Pelicans or the Mavericks are going to be able to, to light it up from behind the arc as well in this game. So um, the Pelicans also are, are an awesome offensive rebounding team. And again, with the, I don't know, the weak front court of Dallas, I like the Pelicans to be able to crash the glass and get some easy putbacks in this matchup. So we're going to go over, um, what did I say? Over 224 and the Pelicans-Mavericks game. And then the final bet that I'm looking at here is I'm going back with the Clippers. Um, I, I can't help it. I'm addicted to the, the Los Angeles Clippers. I think when they're at full strength, they're the number one power rated. Well, they're my number one power rated team in the NBA. Uh, both Kawhi Leonard and Paul George are in the projected starting five. Um, I, I, I get that the Clippers' win-loss record is disappointing, but when Kawhi and Paul George are on the floor, they're really good. Uh, Leonard has got a plus 14.2 on-off net rating, cleaning the glass, according to cleaningtheglass.com, um, and PG has a plus 13 on-off net rating. Kawhi's in the 99th percentile of wings in that metric. PG is in the 98th percentile in that metric. Luke Kennard recently returned to the lineup. He's got a plus 7.6 on-off net rating, and the Clippers' effective field goal percentage improves by 3% when Kennard is on the floor. So those three guys back in the lineup for the Clippers um, really make a huge difference and take them from a struggling possible play-in team to, I think, a, a top two or three team in the West pretty pretty easily, in fact. And the Clippers' improved health is, is coming out in their results. Um, they're six and one over the last two weeks straight up, five and two against the number. They have the third best adjusted net rating over that time. They have the second best ATS margin over that time. Um, and, and finally, this is considered a pros versus Joe's game, at least when I was handicapping it and when I locked in a bet earlier today. According to pregame.com, which takes a look at the consensus market, not just one book. More money is on the Clippers, and that's still the case, whereas more bets are placed on the Bucks. So when you're, when you're looking at the bet splits and the cash column is greater or is going the opposite direction as the tickets or bets place column, typically it's smart to follow the money in that case. And I've talked about this a million different podcasts. I'll probably say it tomorrow. I probably said it yesterday, but... You know, when there's a pros versus Joe's game, ideally you're going to want to go on the pro side, if if anything. So we're going to take the Clippers. I uh, got them at four and a half. I think they're at four minus 105 right now. So shop around. Um, definitely give DraftKings first look uh, a first look, though, since they're the sponsor of this podcast. But I'm going with the Clippers plus four and a half at the Bucks. 
And I'm also taking the over 224 in the Pelicans Mavericks, and I'm going under 223.5 in the Grizzlies Cavaliers. All right, guys, that's your NBA Hoops at Lunch show. Best of luck to you. Leave me a nice review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify if you'd be so kind. And any social media love would be appreciated as well. Talk to you guys tomorrow. Peace. Peace.